0: This is the Insight is Capital podcast. Joining me right now is Dan Richards, Client Insights. Dan, how are you? It's really I'm great to... I'm just fine. Great to be here. Dan, you were uh, talking earlier to the group of advisors here assembled at this conference. Um, what did you come here to, to share with advisors?
1: So my fundamental message is not a new one. It relates to the need for advisors to really excel in terms of the value that they provide to clients. That's an old story.
0: And an ex- that's, that's a really big deal right now, isn't it? But it, it? is I mean, a big deal. With all the commoditization and right. transparency, uh, right. flattening of the business right. that's happening with technology. Well, I was talking to an advisor
1: and uh, was referred to a client with $5 million dollars and put a proposal on the table uh, that would have, uh, for financial planning and comprehensive wealth management, would have cost about 89 basis points. And the response from the client was, you know, love your capabilities, the sophistication, uh, and I have no doubt you could add value, but I can't wrap my head around paying the bank a thousand dollars a week for the rest of my life. Now, not oh, every you quantify it like that. not every client yeah. has five million dollars. That's right. But increasingly, what you see is the level of scrutiny that uh, investors are putting on what they're getting for what they're paying is, you know, intensified and will continue to intensify.
0: Yeah, I think this is really, this is really a big issue. Right. Uh, I mean, CRM2 has helped it along, I think, as well. It's a good thing on balance. Uh, It's certainly been a challenge for advisors. Uh, Some advisors are doing it really well, are are handling the whole discussion about fees with clients extremely well. And yet, there's a lot of advisors, of course, who are having a really hard time with it. So Um, I think that's that's really from not understanding where the value proposition is.
1: Well, it's a bunch of things. Being locked in the past, to a certain extent, not looking at it from the investor's point of view. You know, if, if you and I were talking to Kalen Rovinescu, uh, CEO of Air Canada, uh, last year, the Golden Mail CEO of the Year, I mean, he would say, you know, Pierre, at Air Canada, we provide superlative value. Um, we, our planes take off more or less on time. They arrive more or less on time. We haven't lost a passenger on route for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, we're doing a great job and I'm going to suggest to you from their point of view, maybe yes, but from their customer's point of view, not so much. Yeah. And that's one of the challenges when I talk to advisors about the value they provide. They're looking at it from all the things they do, but not looking at it from the lens of their clients.
0: I think when you see, you know, the, the constant commercials on TV from, this this one firm in particular, where advisor and client are sitting sure. across from one another right. and client's saying, you know, what, what are you doing for me? Right. And, uh, you know, that, that's got to be putting a sure. lot of pressure in general across the board. For sure.
1: But you know what? There are some advisors. It's good pressure. It's, but, it, well, you it's, know. It's, it's making everybody up their game, exactly. ultimately. Yeah. Competition does that. So I've had some conversations in the last while with on the phone It's it's easy for us to say, isn't it? It's easy for us to have this conversation. Absolutely. But I've had some conversations recently with some members of the Barron's Top 100 Advisor list in the U.S. And these are, you know, advisors that are exceptionally successful, running books of 5 billion, 10 billion. uh, One, and this was quite extraordinary, running a book of 77.5 billion with a B. Remarkable numbers. Wow. But one of the things that we've talked about is what are they doing to achieve that level of success, um, to deepen relationships with existing clients to attract new clients. And there are a couple of key themes. And most advisors are not going to hit a billion or five billion or $10 billion in assets, but the themes that work for those advisors work for every advisor. So the first theme is to define the business that you're in. And used to be most advisors were investment advisors. Today, most would define themselves as financial advisors, and that's fine. But what I hear from the most successful advisors, for their top clients especially, is they position themselves as trusted advisors. So the advisor <laughs> that doesn't, isn't necessarily an expert on all the issues, but is able to talk to clients about the hot button issues, the things that right. matter to the most, which often have nothing to do with their money, it's their parents, it's their kids. So it's a it's shift in mindset. It's it's the things that they, it's an, it's yeah. thing that they care about. Yeah. And, why the
0: money matters, and why the why their wealth right matters, what it's for in their minds. And so, as one of the high criteria are. So one example,
1: I talked to a woman uh, with Merrill Lynch in uh, Dallas who has been a perennial member of their chairman's club. And so what she tells her clients is, I've lived in Dallas all my life. If you ever have a problem, if you ever have an issue, something that you need help on, I want you to don't hesitate to call me. You can call me at home. doesn't matter. And she's gotten kind of not a flood of calls, but calls from clients who took her up on that. So one call... And he says, I'm not sure you can help. My, uh, my daughter has her heart set on going to Duke. Very competitive university to get into. And, you know, she needs uh, someone to uh, write a uh, letter of reference. And I've been racking my brains. I don't know anyone who graduated from Duke. Could you help? Yeah. So she said, not a problem, absolutely. Took up the phone. Next day, calls her client who graduated from Duke, sets up the meeting. <laughs> he ended up, you know, kind of right. writing a letter of reference for this young lady who ended up getting into Duke. Nothing to do with that client's financial affairs, but
0: everything to but do with But that's something that right. they'd be eternally grateful right. for.
1: But so that's, I think, fundamentally yeah. thinking differently about the business that you're in as a financial advisor. So that's one thing, I think, yeah. that, that, that we can learn from. The other thing is, when I talk to the most successful advisors Increasingly, they are specialists who've narrowed the focus of the work they do to excel with a a client segment that they focus on. So, for example, one advisor in Philadelphia who runs $4 billion for 50 clients, so $80 million each on average. That sounds like the ideal business, like right. the ideal. <laughs> no, I think many advisors yeah. who look at that said, "Okay, where do I sign up?" But his focus is on families and individuals and businesses that operate internationally, that operate against, across jurisdictions. So he's developed a unique expertise, and he's brought to bear a unique expertise in his team on all of the issues that are hot buttons for those kinds of clients. Right. Um, and whether it be currency issues, tax issues, simple things like how do you transfer, given anti money laundering laws, how do you transfer assets from one bank account to another in different yeah. jurisdictions?
0: And it's really the thinnest edge of right. the wedge, isn't it? I mean, it's so specific.
1: But the narrower yeah. the better. And so I, that's
0: yeah. more and more when I talk to the most successful advisors.
1: Now, very few only work with that client niche because they have legacy clients, there are other clients that refer to them. So just because he focuses on clients who operate internationally, he still gets referred because he does a great job to clients that may not meet that, that specific niche. Yeah. But in terms of this core value proposition, it's being differentiated. Uh, you know, many advisors, in my view, when it comes to attracting clients, there are two things that you have to do. You have to do a great job of telling your story. And most advisors are pretty good at that. Right. But before you do that, you have to have a compelling story to tell. And that's the problem for most advisors that are generalists. They yeah. deal with pre retires in the morning and retirees at lunch and business owners in the afternoon. And you know, they do, maybe do just fine. But guess what? Other advisors also will do just fine. And so it's that discipline to focus, to narrow the kinds of clients that you serve primarily so that you can excel in terms of the kinds of value that you provide. And that's how you get past that value trap. That's how you get past that client who says, "You know, I can't get my head around paying $1,000 a month for yeah. the rest of my life That thing.
0: It's incredible. I mean, when, I, I think it's such a hard idea for so many advisors to wrap their heads around is that, is that when you become more specific, when you become uh, more focused on, on one kind of complexity, and you become the expert at that, that's worth far more than being all things to all people.
1: Well, you look at it from the client's point yeah. of view. And look, what are clients looking for?
0: Well, it speaks to that. Right. It speaks
1: to that client, right? right? It speaks to that client. Yeah. They're looking to reduce risk, you know, they, they, they're, they're looking to be confident in terms of the decision they make and the advisor they work for. And, you know, what, one of the things that happens if you narrow your group, you get the safety in numbers phenomenon. So you get word of mouth, yeah. you know, you focus on a narrow segment. I was talking to one advisor in Calgary, and he deals with, he started off saying, I'm going to deal with, with retirees, but he discovered everyone's dealing with retirees. Nothing differentiated.
0: Nothing special about so that. So he
1: started focusing on retirees who are snowbirds. We spend four or five, six months a year, whether it be in Palm Springs or in Arizona. Yeah. And so, developed expertise because now he understands, you know, uh, tax issues, estate planning issues. Uh, started having currency conversations. So he started actually putting into client portfolios uh, U.S. dollar securities. So to take some of the some of the volatility <laughs> in terms of currency yeah. kind of issues and fluctuations. Um, he goes and actually, this is a tough job, but someone has to do it, he goes and travels to Arizona and Palm Springs a couple of times each winter. He says he has yet to come back without getting a new client. And he's doing a bunch of things that, yeah. that the generalist advisor just cannot do. So see, it's the, the power of specialization.
0: Isn't that, isn't that interesting? I mean, the, that means that, I mean, at the end of that conversation, how does that client say, "I could go anywhere for this"? But so, can't. so this advisor,
1: what he does every fall is he does morning workshops, um, and he addresses the hot button issues for snowbirds. He also, you know, the number one hot button issue, the big attraction is someone from the police department to talk about security. So, when you're away from home, right. how do you secure your home while you're away? And so you'd say, well. You know, you're only talking to clients that are snowbirds. Someone who's not a snowbird isn't interested. So, you know, that you're narrowing your, you're narrowing your focus. You're leaving all of these great prospects. But, you know, one of the things you're far better off to have intense appeal to a, to a small group, to the right group, rather than having moderate appeal to everybody. Right. The other comment he makes is that 40 or 50 percent of the people show up aren't clients their prospective clients, someone who's been talking to, or a friend of one of his right. clients who comes along, and he says, once somebody walks in the door, he says 70, 80% of the time he's gonna get at least some of their money. <laughs> because he again is providing a relevant value proposition and a unique value proposition for that client right. that a generalist advisor cannot.
0: It's actually, I think what I, what, what, uh, you know, what I like about this conversation is that it, it, on one level, it's very simple. I mean, you, the way that you boiled it down, um, it's more complex than that. But it really requires becoming the subject matter expert in a particular niche of client and then delivering it. Right? You know, remember, two things.
1: Having a, telling your story well, but having a great story to tell. And that's what specialization is all about.
0: Ken, as usual, great conversation. Thank you so much. You're very welcome, my pleasure.